Well, we are off and running. We are in the nitty-gritty of Jesus' ministry. All the preparations have been made. Jesus has chosen his first disciples. And at the end of Matthew chapter 4, Jesus' ministry is about to hit the ground running. And when I talk about hitting the ground running, I can't help but to think about the famous racehorse Secretariat. The Secretariat was the ninth horse to win the American Triple Crown and still holds the record for the fastest time in all three races. So there's never been a horse quite like Secretariat before he came onto the scene, nor has there been one since. And what made Secretariat a superior horse was his anatomy as a whole. For one, he had very long hind legs, and so his stride was bigger uh, than what most racehorses are. But there are some other factors that really helped out Secretariat, namely being his internal circulatory system. And what they suspect by observing Secretariat's anatomy is that his long neck and thick body aided his circulatory system so that his heart would not fail for running as fast as what he did for so long. And because of that, it's very hard to duplicate a horse quite like Secretariat. Well, just like Secretariat, in some ways, that Jesus' advantage as a minister, as a person, as a prophet, um, really boiled down to what was on the inside. We know from Scripture there's nothing special about how he looked in an anatomical sense, but indeed he was able to preach really well, and he was able to perform miracles on his own will. So he certainly had something different on the inside of him that gave him an edge in his ministry. If you will, turn with me to Luke's Gospel now. You'll see an example of his preaching in the synagogues. And this can be found in Luke 4, verses 16 through 29. But we'll do some jumping around, so uh, listen carefully as I cite the different passages. So starting in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it reads, He went up to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, he as was his custom. And he stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight to the, for the blind to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, verse 21. And he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him. Verse 23. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself. Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. Verse 28. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him down the cliff. So you'll notice that Jesus', ministry, uh, Jesus message is different, was different from a message you might hear me or anybody else give on a Sunday morning. As the reality of his teaching was that he took this passage from Isaiah and applied it 100% to himself, meaning that he was declaring himself to be the Messiah in front of all these people. And if your minister happens to do that in relation to themselves, takes a passage and says, yep, this is who, it's talking about me right here. Well, you better run away because it's not true. Jesus was a different 
and superior ministry in every way. In fact, he even told those who are listening that your that these words are fulfilled in your very hearing of them. And the message had to deal with the Spirit of the Lord resting upon him and granting him power to perform miracles that would bring healing and restoration. And for some reason, <laughs> all of the people loved that part. And I guess that was because it was a feel-good message. Jesus would bring healing and liberation. You hear that, you kind of say to yourself, I kind of like this guy. And then he gave them the bad news. That they were not going to like his message and that they would indeed turn on him. This was what made them furious. Just a minute ago, he was fulfilling their emotional and intellectual needs. Now he was going to go back and say that they were sinners? That's part. next part is funny in an ironic sort of way. Not really funny per se, but funny in kind of an ironic sort of way. Because they were just upset because he told them they were going to turn on him. Well, their next actions proved him to be right because they turned on him. In fact, they were going to kill him. They took him up to the edge of a cliff and were going to throw him off of it because of how upset they were over what he had just told them. I know that might sound kind of extreme, but I think that in some ways we are kind of like this as well. We all like a well-spoken and uplifting message. No one likes feeling convicted. But a good message requires you to feel convicted at least a little bit, lest we think that we are perfect just the way we are. Now, changing pace. The miracles of Jesus served an important purpose. Certain of the Old Testament prophets were often empowered with the ability to perform signs and wonders. And you might be asking yourself, well, why was that, that they could perform signs and wonders? And some theories would range to the extent that, well, they're performed to show the power of God, which that's true. They're performed to show the power of God. That's right. Uh, some would say that they're just simply, simply used to heal. So God's compassionate, and so he wants to heal people. Well, a skeptic might say something along the lines of that they are used to scare people or even give them a sense of hope, maybe. Another criticism leveled against the miracles in the Bible is that they are just simply impossible. They could not have happened, that they cannot be scientifically duplicated, so they could not have even happened. What a, you know, give a little bit of... Um, a, a little bit of credit to that last one. There is some truth to what they're saying there. Miracles are impossible. They cannot be duplicated in a scientific lab, at least not in the spontaneous sense in which they were <laughs> performed by Jesus or the prophets. But the real reason that miracles are performed was to confirm the message of the prophets. Did you happen to notice how Matthew's gospel worded the passage that we are studying today. Jesus went through Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
Jesus' ministry of performing miracles was attached to his ministry of teaching. Why? It almost goes without saying. To confirm the message that he was preaching. Now we go back to Luke's gospel to see what types of miracle miracles Jesus was performing, but Matthew actually documents them just as well as what Luke's does in this instance. And Jesus healed diseases, illnesses, people who are suffering from chronic pain. He healed people with seizures, paralytics, and we even see that he healed people who are suffering from demonic possession. I think it'd be hard to find someone in the church today who doesn't believe that miracles exist anymore. Now, there are people that do. Some people believe that 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 gift, that sign is gone now, but I think that that's probably the minority. But I'm curious as to whether anyone of those who believe that miracles continue to happen has seen, for instance, a deformed limb, like what it mentions about in the Bible, people with a shriveled arm or shriveled hand, where somebody goes up to them and just with a command from their mouths, makes the limbs stretch out and be whole again. Has anybody ever seen today a person with less leprosy just have it cast out of them to be have their bodies cleansed at the speaking of a word? Or has anybody ever seen someone who has, at a command, been able to walk when they weren't able to, or see when they weren't able to, or talk when they weren't able to, able to do something that they had never done before in their lives, and it be absolutely 100% beyond the shadow of doubt confirmed. Now, if you have heard of these sorts of miracles happening, I'm not saying that they do not happen anymore, but if you've heard of these sorts of miracles happening, you'd probably agree with me that these are not what fall in the category of everyday miracles. There is something very special about these sorts of miracles. There is a reason why the miracles and the teachings were paired together in the passage we just read. Matthew is writing to a Jewish audience. And we will see this after the Sermon on the Mount as well, that it is mentioned that when Jesus cast demons out of people and performed these signs and wonders, that the people respond by saying, a new teaching and with authority. And so they're recognizing as Jesus teaches and he performed these miracles that in, he is confirming the reality of his authority as a prophet of God. And of course, we know that Jesus was more than just a prophet of God. We know that he's the son of God and has an even higher authority than that of a prophet. The problem was, did these people truly understand what was happening right in front of them. To tell the truth, full disclosure here, I don't get very excited about miracle workers. They tend to make me a little bit cringy because the majority of them that I have seen turn out to be frauds. In fact, I have not personally known a miracle worker myself that is, that's anything short of a fraud. Now, prophets of our day speak in vague, abstract language, and even then, they still get their prophecies wrong the majority of the time. And in the rare occasion, they do happen uh, to get it right. After being wrong so many times, you have to really question where they got their information from. So, if a prophet 
gets any one single prophecy wrong, the Bible actually tells us that we are not to accept the authority of their teaching because they are a false prophet. Even if they get some of the other ones right, inconsequential. If they claim to be a prophet and they get a prophecy wrong, you disregard them as being a messenger from God because God cannot lie and God does not make mistakes. So we should praise God for the miracles he has done and the miracles he continues to perform. But we need to be careful when we label someone as a miracle worker or as a prophet. After all, there is a greater miracle apart from the signs that God is working in all, apart from the signs that God is working in all who believe. The miracle of a transformed life. Now this is a greater miracle and a more enduring miracle and more difficult to falsify than any other miracle that you can name. Because people even dispute the miracles inside of the Bible, as we were just talking about. But nobody can dispute the fruit of a transformed life. After all, did you know that many of the people that were impressed with Jesus' miracles ended up departing from him? Now, I'm going to give you a very easy passage so that you can remember um, that this is a reality. Lots of the people that were following Jesus because of his miracle ministry left him because of his teaching ministry. And you can find this very simple passage to see that I'm telling you the truth. You just All you have to do is go to John chapter 6, verse 66. So easy to remember. John 6, 6, 6 is when people leave Jesus, when they stop following Jesus. So John 6, Verse 66 is when a lot of his followers departed from him because of his teachings. So we need to embrace the teachings of Jesus. They were the foundation of his ministry and verified through his miraculous works. And if you want to hang your hat on any one miracle that Jesus performed, let it be the atoning work of Jesus on the cross. Through that miracle, we are reconciled to God. And as proof of that miracle, we have the resurrection. And through that sign, we are justified. I'd like to thank you for joining me for today's sermon. My name is Bill Sang from Faith Presbyterian Church. You can join us on a Sunday morning at 1030. Please don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.